Will the real Satya Rhodes Conway please stand up? Madison's mayor drew outrage from activists this week for praising the hard work of the city's frontline police officers in a video message intended for only law enforcement to see. Then she apologized in another video that angered some of the police advocates and also failed to please her outspoken critics among the protesters marching in the streets. They were marching because of the horrific killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. Mayor Satya Rhodes Conway is right about at least one thing. These past few months have been extraordinary times in the city's history. And particularly the last two weeks. So today on Center Stage, we're going to talk about the mayor's two videos. Is she two-faced, or is she just recognizing the differing perspectives of police and protesters? I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the State Journal editorial board. The less duplicitous half. Let's play the first video that she put out to the police. Hello, MPD family. Mayor Satya here. These past few months have been extraordinary times in this city's history. And the past few days have taken us even farther into uncharted territory. We're all living through a pandemic, which has put all of you in more danger than usual. And you have had to adapt how you work in incredible ways. And now we have unprecedented protests, violence, and looting. So far, so good. I do like the political act that she does with mask wearing here, where she starts with the video with her mask on and then takes it off as if it's making it making a difference. (laughs) (laughs) None of us asked for these challenges, and we are all learning as we go. You must be exhausted. I know I am. And you're facing a much more difficult situation than I am. It must be absolutely infuriating to stand in heavy gear outside while listening to people constantly insult your chosen profession. It must be frightening to stand and have rocks and other things thrown at you and to be in harm's way constantly. And it must be agonizing to have worked so hard for so many years to build relationships around our city, to be as committed as I know you are to community policing, and to still be criticized for not doing enough. I think she's right. They have been practicing community policing going way back to police chief David Cooper in the 1970s, who, by the way, just did an op-ed for us. But When I first started listening to this, I have to admit, I was surprised. I tend to agree with what she's saying about Madison's police officers. They are not Minneapolis, and they've done a whole host of things to improve, whether it's creating a mental health unit or training to take down violent people in safer ways or simply diversifying the force. But It's still hard to believe a progressive Madison mayor is so directly crediting the cops and kind of in a sweeping way saying they are doing things right. I think that's the sort of line that probably grates the protesters the worst, sort of suggesting that the police department in Madison has been practicing community policing and trying to be better when we all know 
I'm being sarcastic here, that the police in Madison are just horrible people. And my impression of the Madison Police Department is that it's full of a bunch of people that are trying really hard to do good community policing, and we don't have some of the bad cultural issues that happened in Minneapolis. You get the feeling in Madison, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, that if somebody has 18 citations against them, they're not working for the department anymore. There was a problem years back that Noble Ray acknowledged, which was if an officer got some sort of discipline in one of the precincts, they might move to another precinct and that discipline wouldn't follow them. But that's been fixed. I will absolutely agree with the protesters that, and David Cooper said it as well in the paper this week in the op-ed, that there is still this sort of code of silence of not turning in or criticizing your fellow officers when an officer does stray from what he's supposed to do. And there is, whether it's subtle or overt, whether it's conscious or subconscious, You and I have talked at editorial board meetings with many black men over the last decade who have told us about incidents of being pulled over and, from their perspective, harassed because they're black. And I believe it. Racial profiling, it's real. At the same time, I think generally her message is right that these police have been restrained during these protests and have had a very difficult time. And I don't know about restraint. I mean, I see some of those photos of... The pepper spray and police lines, which always seems dramatic. Now, I don't know what's going on in the protests at the moment at that exact time. It's always hard to tell whether the force is justified or not, especially just from news photos. Well, let's go back to the end of her statement here. I spoke with an officer in the CCB garage recently who said that they hoped I know how hard it is and that you are not what the protesters say you are. I know that. Okay, I think that might be the point that upsets activists most is she's essentially saying they are not uh, who the activists say they are. Yeah. And I think in many cases that's true. In most cases that's true. But nowhere in this video does she challenge her police force to be better. Yeah, and and – I guess that's not necessarily the purpose of this video. This is a pep talk for her police force. It's telling that she chose to do this police message as a private message to police officers. She's made no statements publicly supporting the police officers over the course of these protests. She's made statements supporting the protesters and their right to free speech, but she has not supported the police force and then shows a private message to sort of send them her support. So I'm not surprised she didn't center that on the issue of Black Lives Matter when she spoke privately to police officers. Yeah, she's basically thanking frontline workers, and they deserve things. They've been working 10 to 14 hours a day and taking a lot of abuse themselves. But she didn't in any way acknowledge why the protesters were out in the street. She didn't mention the name George Floyd. I know that you are working hard and doing an amazing job under unbelievably hard circumstances. And I thank you for your service. In a large organization like ours, communication can be really, really hard. And during times of crisis, communications often become so focused on the tasks at hand that we forget the importance of communicating about taking care of ourselves and others. I'm here talking to you today Because I have come to realize that I have not taken the opportunity to express my gratitude 
for your service, or to adequately acknowledge the personal and collective sacrifices that you each have made during these incredibly challenging times. I was so focused on the task of addressing the concerns of our community that I didn't remember that you need and deserve both recognition and appreciation. So please know how much I appreciate you personally, your hard work, your courage, your sacrifice, and your service. Thank you. Be safe, be well, and please take care of yourselves and each other. The protesters would argue that there can be good officers, but the issue is the whole institution of policing is inherently corrupt and racist, and the institution is what the problem is, even though there could be some good officers here and there. And her message, she's sort of not defending the institution of policing, but she's saying that individual officers are doing a good job at their jobs, which I think is a kind of a personal message. So the group Urban Triage, founded by Brandy Grayson, posted the mayor's video on the Urban Triage site along with this message. Does this sound like a woman that understands why black people and white allies across the country keep showing up and out? Does this sound like a woman that has what it takes to do right by the community, by black people? I think she's a great politician playing both sides at the same time. She doesn't care about black people, that's for sure. It's implied in her words. The Facebook post by Urban Triage goes on to accuse the mayor of being fake as hell and playing chess with black lives. Pretty harsh. That prompted the mayor to apologize in a second video. Black lives matter. I believe this deeply, and yet I failed to center this message in my message to the police department. I realize that this action has caused deep harm to the black community And for this, I apologize. I realize I may have done irreparable harm with my actions. I realize too, that I may have permanently lost any trust that I have had. But whether or not I can regain that trust, please know that I am deeply committed to advancing the work of equitable systems change why I ran for office. And it is the work that I continue to strive to do. Uh, This is a very carefully worded sentence with some buzzwords that I I guess are effective when she said she's advancing the work of equitable systems change. What does that mean? This is not a message designed for you and me. This is a message designed for people who react to those liberal buzzwords. There's a lot of sort of language that the progressive left hears and knows what it means, but people like you and me that aren't on the progressive left don't necessarily understand what those concepts are. And I think she's probably just fine with that. It's interesting because in her earlier message, it made a lot of sense. I mean, the way she spoke even made a lot of sense to me as a middle-aged white guy. (laughs) who's not necessarily woke uh, on, on a lot of these issues. And now she's using a different sort of language to address a different constituency. That's a really good point. I cannot promise that I will not make missteps along the way, particularly as a white woman, learning how to facilitate such change and realizing that I cannot fully see the system that has been built up 
to benefit me and others like me. But I promise I will learn from those mistakes and I will strive to center equity in every decision. And I promise that I will continue to communicate with and listen deeply to black leaders in our community. While my learning and work continue in efforts to be transparent and to have the community hold me to account, I post regular communications on my blog. I encourage everyone to read those communications to learn what we're doing about criminal justice reform, economic development and community wealth building, affordable housing, and more. All these efforts to address the inequities that our existing systems have perpetuated. All right. I think she makes a good point there that she can't see the system in the way that people who are not white, middle, or upper-class people can see it. And I thought that part of it was pretty effective. Not sure we needed the plug to the website at the end. She acknowledges to this audience that she doesn't have all the answers. And I think she's very contrite and very apologetic. And I'm not sure she needed to apologize. If you're an activist and you think Mayor Satya Rose Conway is the epitome of all that's wrong in America today, <laughs> boy, there's, there's a lot bigger fish to fry than our very progressive mayor in Madison. Yeah, well, here's what Urban Triage said in their reaction to the video. Well, she believes in Black Lives Matter so much that she's pushing through a resolution that strips any and all police accountability. Either she thinks we're dumb or not paying attention. What the entire F word right there is going on? Does she think we believe her half-ass apology? This is what white supremacy racism looks like. It's insidious. So I guess they didn't like the apology there. Jeez. No, no, they didn't. I have a lot of respect for Satya Rhodes Conway. She is in a very difficult position at a very difficult time. But I think she did make the same mistake twice here. In the first video to the cops, she never mentioned the protesters or the demands of the activists. And that some of that, a lot of it in her view, I think, is legitimate and that she's working to help it. She never mentioned any of that. Now in the apology video, she never makes any reference to, say, some of these police officers are trying really hard to improve, and they have a difficult job, and some of them are doing it well, which I think is part of the reason why now uh, some of the police advocates are upset, because it, it feels more like a 180, and that she's kowtowing to the activists. But stepping back from all of that for a moment, I don't know that they're mutually exclusive. They can work together. She just didn't say them all in the same video. I think you're absolutely right. And I think people like you and me get kind of turned off by some of her language that she uses in the second video, too, which just doesn't speak to us. Middle-aged white guys just don't quite understand what all that means. But I'm also speaking as a middle-aged white journalist who would just like to know more specifically what that means. You don't want to know specifically what it means because it doesn't have a specific 
specific answer, Scott. It means whatever you want it to mean to who's ever saying it. I don't think I'm the only person who looks at the police working these long hours and dodging bottles and ignoring insults and say, wow, that is a difficult job. At the same time, you can see the protesters and say, I totally get why they're out there. I totally get why they are doing what they are doing. Uh, Maybe not the looting, but the rest of it, certainly the peaceful stuff. And like just about everybody, um, including the president, if you believe his words, was just horrified by what happened in Minneapolis. Unfortunately, I think the two videos, neither one acknowledges sort of the other one. It doesn't really do much for the two sides that think either the cops are always right or they're always wrong. I think very few people believe that the cops are always right or the cops are always wrong. I think most people acknowledge that there are lots of officers out there trying to do a good job. Some are bad, but there is a history and a system in policing that is not fair to people of color. For the mayor, this has got to be the most difficult week or two of her life, I would think. It's not easy traversing this landscape that's so volatile and could react in very sharp ways, uh, depending on what you say. It's hard to please both sides of this coin. The problem is, is that by not addressing both sides at once, in the same video is she left the she left the vast majority of Madisonians who want to see a reformed police department and justice she left those people kind of out of the conversation she only talked to the people that are fervently behind the police and the people that ver- fervently opposed to the police and not the people who want to see justice and reform and good conscientious policing in our community moving forward I think she would be smart not to do any more internal videos. <laughs> I think in this day and age, you have to assume that anytime you say or type anything when the record button's on or on social media, that's going to get out to the public, particularly if you're somebody like the mayor of Madison. Or a political cartoonist. Yes. (laughs) In a way, she's seeing the different perspectives and acknowledging them, and I guess I sort of appreciate that. I don't know that I see her as two-faced. I see her as trying to talk to people in different spaces, and unfortunately for her, those spaces aren't different. They're all the same space nowadays. She's specifically trying to communicate people where they are, and to either side, it sounds disingenuous. Madison is not Minneapolis. The leader of our police union is not a big-time Trump supporter. The Madison Police Department does not allow and did not allow its officers to put knees on necks. It doesn't allow chokeholds unless the officer thinks the officer's life is in danger. So Madison, I think, is a very different kind of a police force. It's also fairly diverse. Around 75% of the force is white. That's about what Madison's population is. About a quarter of its officers are officers of color, and about a third are women. Madison tries really hard to be a department that looks more like its city population than maybe other cities. But I think more and more Americans are seeing that no matter what the makeup of the officers are, policing in and of itself has bad outcomes for communities of color. Because you look at our incarceration rates and how many people are arrested based on their race, and it, it's not working out well for people of color right now. And I think that's where there's this push for reform kind of nationwide. I think you're right. Uh, It's just a matter of what is that reform. And I think we need to acknowledge that Madison has done a lot of reform in the past, uh, but it's clearly not working. I mean, one thing that Noble Ray, the former black police chief, used to stress was that the police department has to respond to the calls that come in. So if 
Madisonians in certain neighborhoods are calling the police when a group of black young men are on the street corner and they think something wrong is going on. And those same people don't call the police when a group of white young people are on the corner. That means the police is responding in a disproportionate way to what's going on. And that's not the police department's fault. It's the fault of residents and people like you and me if we are being more suspicious based on our own biases and the racism inside of us, whether we know it's there or not. But what do you think is going to happen here? What's your takeaway from this episode? The tragic death of George Floyd seems to have galvanized this nation and made everybody realize that it's time for some big changes to happen in policing. And I'm I'm sort of generally supportive of the idea of investing more money and resources into social services, mental health services, and maybe that means we don't need to have as many officers doing those sort of things. So I guess in that definition of what it means to defund police, maybe that's something that can happen in our society. Now, I think we're always going to have police departments. We're always going to have police officers. We're always going to have a government-run organization that is in charge of dealing with crime and criminal elements in our society. But maybe it can be a kinder, gentler form of that in the future. That's what I hope. Maybe a little more peace officer and less police officer in the future. We do need people to protect us from crime. There are terrible things that happen in society regardless of the race or ethnicity of anyone. And the police have protected us from untold numbers of potential abuses and crimes. I'm curious, Scott, how often do you interact with the police? It seems like once a year I interact with police officers as a homeowner. Two years ago, I had somebody rifling through my car and my college student neighbors called the police on them. And so I ended up giving a statement to the police. Never saw the person who did it. This a couple weeks ago, I had somebody wander around my backyard and I didn't call the police, but the police were looking for somebody for armed robbery. Then I talked to the police and gave a statement about what I'd seen. So it seems like at least every couple of years I'm interacting with the police and they're, it feels like they're out to protect me. Now, of course, I'm a middle-aged white guy who lives in a nice neighborhood in Madison. So I don't know what that means. I would say similarly, not counting the times when I call police as a journalist for information, not counting those times, it's probably once every few years for some sort of reason, you come across an officer that you need to interact with. And I would agree with you that uh, my perspective always is they're there to help. But if I weren't a middle-aged white guy, um, might that interaction turn into something else? Yeah, I guess it could. And that's what we're trying to stop. It's just there's so much gray area there. It's one of the most difficult issues that's been around for hundreds of years and we're, we're still not past it. One of the issues with racial disparities in Madison is just we have a very small African-American population here compared to a lot of other places. I think our population is getting larger and more diverse, but I know we have a pretty small African-American middle class in Dane County. So I think police officers just make wrong assumptions about people based on color that are, that are classist and, and uh, inappropriate sometimes. And maybe if we had a lot more African-American people walking around the streets of Madison, officers wouldn't make those same mistakes. They are now tracking when they do stop and interact with people. The police do keep track of the race and ethnicity of who they're talking to so that later they can see what the outcomes were based on that. Will the real Satya Rhodes Conway please stand up? Do you get that? I know you're young and there used to be this show on TV where at the end, you know, the contestants had to figure out who is the real Satya Rhodes Conway among these people. 
and each contestant had a guess. And then at the end of the show, somebody would say, will the real Phil Hands please stand up? The incorrect one would start to stand up. No, and then he'd kind of sit down. Another one would stand up. And then finally, one would actually fully stand up, and there'd be a gasp. Oh, he's the real Phil Hands. I do understand there was a reference to that, but the reference of my generation is there was an Eminem song called Slim Shady. And the, and the chorus was, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Okay, well, it's fine. I'm glad that your generation has globbed on to what my generation created. <laughs> Thanks, Eminem. Our theme music is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on your favorite podcasting app or at go.madison.com slash center stage. To subscribe to the Wisconsin State Journal's digital edition for just three bucks for three months, go to madison.com slash subscribe now.